So here's where it gets confusing. You mentioned earlier. So um, classic ADD is actually ADHD. Okay. That's the classic one. So that went back when I was a kid. We started throwing that term around. Oh, they're attention deficit hyper you know, disorder. So um, that's the classic one. And if there's any form of hyperactivity, we, we typically know that's ADHD. <laughs> Welcome to The Lost Art of Parenting, a podcast here to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you're doing and why so you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer and I will be your host, but we cannot do our Lost Art of Parenting podcast without the parenting guru herself, Kim Cross. Thank How you, are you for that intro. I'm good. I love doing this, so I'm glad to be here. Good. Well, we have covered many a topic on this podcast of uh, things that range all over the place. So what are we covering today? We are covering something that I am addressing as a parenting coach in my office more than I've ever seen in my entire career, and that's ADD, ADHD. Mm. It's becoming more prevalent for a number of reasons. We'll get into that. But um, parents dealing with this, whether it's with themselves or with their kids, are really at their wits' end. And so we are, we are going there today. It's a very, very important topic. Well, let's get started. What are some of the things we need to be looking at um, as far as what ADD even is? I think it's kind of a term that gets thrown around, and I don't know that everybody understands it or knows what the real version of it is, because it's kind of almost become a slang for just rowdiness in general, right? And, <laughs> yes. Or sometimes when my brain isn't working, I just say, oh, I have ADD brain, and it's not necessarily the real condition. So there's people that actually struggle with this. So talk to me about what we should be seeing or looking at in this particular mental disorder. Yeah, you bet. So actually, it's a it's a brain health issue. Okay. And I think all of us, to some degree, I can't prove this, but I think all of us have a little ADD. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> so um, ADD actually officially stands for attention deficit disorder. But those of us working with this, um, there's another term where we call it adrenaline deficit. Mm. Um, and, but here's the thing. It's, it's complex. You're right, Jesse. A lot of people don't understand ADD. I don't think it's a very good term for what it is because there are seven types of ADD. Mm. Many, many physicians out there don't even realize this. And you can have one, two, three, or four types of ADD, which can get very confusing. Right. In fact, if you have certain combinations that can present itself almost like bipolar or schizophrenic tendencies, mm. um, but it is definitely a brain health issue. And you have ADD early in life. Most people are diagnosed around the age of four. Some are not diagnosed till later in school because the academics get harder. And little side note, people with ADD, the more they focus or concentrate, the worse it gets. Mm. That's why we see it prop up sometimes later in school. And then many, many people, we think up to half, never are diagnosed. They just struggle with it. So it's, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And then on top of that, we also have 
another fray or another uh, set of letters we see is also ADHD. Do you want to speak into that at all? Or is that one of the seven types that it's we're going to be talking about? It's one of the seven we're going to talk about. So ADD is an overarching term, but um, it gets a little confusing. But we'll, we'll go there and, and I'm going to give you some um, descriptors of each of the seven types. We won't go into real depth, but we'll go over it. But basically, there are five things you look for um, with the general concept of ADD. Okay. These people have um, the classic short attention span. Mm. They're distracted. They're easily disorganized. Um, they procrastinate quite a bit. And they have what we call internal self-control or impulse control issues. They'll say things or do things without really thinking it through and then sometimes regret it later. Right. We all can do that. Yes, this absolutely. This is a hallmark for that. Um, and it's... ADD is hereditary mostly, but what we're finding out now is very interesting. You can get mental or brain health issues beyond hereditary uh, DNA passed on. You can get it through concussions. We've got a lot of kids out there playing football and soccer. Every time they headbutt that ball in soccer, you're getting a mini concussion. Mm. And it's actually causing a lot of trauma and damage to the brain, which can look like ADD or brain health issues. We can also get it through toxins if you're exposed to chemicals, molds, things like that. But here's the unusual one that people don't typically um, guess at and that or assume. And that is that lots of trauma, families that are in chaos, PTSD can actually give you what looks like an ADD brain. Mm. So... I, I guess the question is, what is this a permanent stage? Are they are they if they get this through trauma, do they live with ADD for the rest of their lives? Is this um, yeah. something that's a temporary thing? What's yeah? So ADD is something that once you have it, it doesn't. It's not. It's not a cure. It doesn't go away. But you can certainly manage it and mitigate it. Um, and knowing the type you have is critically important so that you know what kind of treatment to get. Absolutely. Um, if you're guessing at what kind you have, it's going to impact the recommended protein levels, certain supplements, um, all kinds of stuff. So that would be the first step. Let's define what you have. And I can do that in my office with this quick little test. Um, but let me jump in with some positives because it, I don't want to be Debbie Downer about ADD. Yeah, I mean, ADD usually almost always is associated with a bad thing, right? Is there right. any positives to ADD or do we see strengths in people who have this? Yeah. So I always start off with my clients. I say, look, there's pros and cons to ADD and there's pros and cons to not having ADD. Right. <laughs> so people with ADD are often highly intelligent they're very competent and they're often very successful. You'll see a lot of CEOs that have ADD, but they know how to hire people that are around them that have the skills that they don't like organization, right? right. Or procrastination. And then you see a lot of really um, elite athletes with it. I have a, a particular client who is in a particular sport. I'm trying to keep this anonymous. And um, he has a skill that most people, most ball players would kill to have. Mm. And it has to do with the type of ADD he has. And then you look at ER docs, trauma nurses, um, firefighters, people that will run toward the fires instead of run away. They are heroes. They can handle a lot at once. They're hyper-focused and they have ADD. Mm. And they're highly intelligent and successful. So that's the good news. Okay. Well, 
So we've talked about some of the strengths. We've talked about it. It's important to identify your type so that you can best um, deal with it, mm -hmm. positively or negatively. Um, so can you talk us through some of these types of ADD that we should be looking for? Sure. So here's where it gets confusing. You mentioned it earlier. So um, classic ADD is actually ADHD. Okay. That's the classic one. So that went back when I was a kid. We started throwing that term around. Oh, they're attention deficit hyper you know, disorder. So um, that's the classic one. And if there's any form of hyperactivity, we, we typically know that's ADHD. But there are, um, of the seven types, inattentive and distracted are part of the descriptors for all seven. Okay. Okay. And so number two, inattentive ADD would be more described as a couch potato, a daydreamer, a space cadet. They're kind of negative terms, but there's no hypertech activity involved. Okay. But you still have that distractive, inattentive tendency. The third type is called overfocused. ADD, okay. just over-focused. These people are tending to be very inflexible. They get st stuck in loops of a thought and they can't get off that thought, mm. a little OCD-ish. Um, they have thoughts and behaviors that tend to be quite negative. They're obsessive. They worry a lot. There's, there's more, but that's that over-focused piece. There's a type of ADD called temporal lobe, and these are folks that tend to be very irritable, short fuse, kind of dark thoughts, um, some mood swings and things that we get concerned about. Mm. The fifth one is called limbic. And limbic has to do with a chronic low-grade sadness, kind of a glass half-empty feel to them, kind of low okay. energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ring of fire is one of the more difficult ones to deal with. Um, this one is, these folks are highly sensitive, overly sensitive. They are, have these cycles of rage or moodiness and they're very oppositional. Okay. Okay. So that's a, you, you got to know that one. If you're, if you're going to, um, address of the seven types, that's one we really need to flush out. The seventh one is anxious ADD. They're tense. They're nervous. They often predict the worst. They worry. They get very nervous for timed tests. They can have some uh, physiological stress symptoms um, with that type. So again, complicated, right? Some have some common things to them, but others are very um, specific. And it's very critical that we know which one we have. Absolutely. And, and I think now that we've talked about some of the strengths, how we can identify um, these seven different types, um, I'm sure there's things that we can actively do now, and I'm sure there's probably lots that you could, on a one-on-one -on -one session, walk people through. But could you give me like three that we could do today sure. that people could take away today from this podcast and go, okay, here's some things that I could start doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Right away, that'll make a big difference. Mm. There's eight things that we need to address, but these three will get you going. Okay. okay? And again, if you don't know your type, I'm, I'm going to be cautious here because there's some things that we can make it worse, but we'll go general terms here today. So diet is probably one of the biggest factors for these folks. They are, it is for all of us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. So um, ADD folks, of the seven types, six of the types need higher protein. Okay. So again, we need to know your type, right? But they should be having clean protein breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
a lot of the times they're not eating enough of that or the right kind. So um, diet's huge. And one of the two things I see is too much sugar. Um, ADD people in general, and I'm seeing this in my office, I'd say 99% of the time crave sugar, simple carbs, eat a lot of pasta, pizza, pizza, things like that, Mm. which tends to obviously make our brains not work well. Right. We get these more cycles of, of sugar load and then the big, you know, feeling afterwards. So not good. And sugar's highly addictive and it's basically a neurotoxin for the brain. So we talk about diet and eating more what we call foods with high density nutrition and color that's natural color makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. What else can we do? Um, other than diet, reducing screen time. You know, we've talked, I think. We could another- all do. These all seem like things we should be doing <laughs> just as a general humanity, like Absolutely. eat better. And exercise more, exercise more and stop looking at your screen. (laughs) It's like, and it's true. But for ADD people, this becomes paramount. This Mm. is a game changer for them. We are what we eat. And for a brain that's already not healthy and not functioning correctly, this just puts them over the edge. Absolutely. And because they're eating an exorbitant amount of sugar and pasta, things like that, which are basically the same thing, um, it's, it's just compounded. So getting off screen time is huge. And here's another factor. ADD people often have a hard time falling asleep. What do we do often before we go to bed? Look at screens, which is blue light, which is time to wake up and it stimulates the brain. So I'd let people know 30 minutes max a day. They don't like to hear it, but if you're going to have to be on it more for school, don't do it two to four hours before bedtime. Right. Let your brains wind down. Yeah, absolutely. Here's one that parents are going to go, oh, ouch, this one's tough. ADD folks are very attracted to anger, emotion, dangerous, edgy, um, a little um, toxic, okay, volume. They're actually addicted to it like sugar. Mm. And when you have an ADD kid that's frustrating you, what do often parents do? They start yelling, screaming, raising their voice, right? It's like throwing gas on the fire. Mm. You're making it worse. So I can help parents with different skills, how to, you know, improve all these other things that you can help the ADD kid with or the adult, frankly, but anger is going to make your household worse and they get addicted and they will poke the bear so that you will do that more. And now you've got a crazy cycle going on. Okay. So, um, just as a review of those three tips you gave us out of up to eight that you can work with them on, you know, one-on-one setting diet, obviously, um, high protein, limit your simple carbs, limit your sugars. It's just really important that you know which one you are. Cause some of that may not apply to all the of types. The types. So, right. um, second, reduce your screen time, no more than 30 minutes a day. And especially not right before bed, Yep. <laughs> uh, two to four hours before bed, if at all. And then finally, no yelling. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it gets them ramped up, and they will almost actively try to get you to yell because it's part of the way their brain enjoys things. Yes, it gets addicted to that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it will if you can take the climate and the predictability and the calm down into your household, you're going to have a better chance of managing this. So if if mm-hmm. a parent has um, 
an ADD child or they believe they have an ADD child, is this something you can coach them through? Like, or do you have, what, what's your background as far as helping people who either have it or their children have it? Yeah. So um, Dr. Daniel Amen is really looked at as the expert in this field. And the Amen Clinic is a place you can um, get a lot of really good information from. And I'm an ambassador for them, mm-hmm. meaning they send me clients directly and I send them um information and we, we work together to figure out supplements. I can't diagnose and I can't prescribe medications, but I have a tool that helps me get darn close to what they have. And I have that person who I suspect has ADD and the parents and I go through something. And when we all come to the same conclusion, we're pretty accurate. And then I work with parents of children with ADD. I work with adults with ADD. I have clients out of state who have this and they're in late high school, early college, and they're really struggling. So I help them with organizational skills, behavioral management tools, communication skills, so that they can have more academic success and relational success. Um, I coach parents and adults, obviously, with their diet, with their exercise. I can recommend some supplements they can take, and I give parents new behaviors and skills. And I address those issues as well with the kids. Mm. And basically, it it comes down to communication, relationships, organization, and then some physiological, biological things you can do to change. But again, knowing your type is the critical piece here or or types. Because then you can help them develop a strategy for their families or for as, as a parent, having a strategy, having a plan of attack and knowing what you're doing rather than just throwing something up against the wall and not knowing whether it's going to go good or bad is is the worst way to go about it. Yeah. We want to know what it is. Mm. You know, if you went to the doctor and they said, well, there's something wrong. Good luck. (laughs) It's like, no, no, no. Wait, what's (laughs) happening here? So let's define the problem. It'll parents will go, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And so will the kids. They'll say, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly how I'm feeling. Now I have a reason. I'm not crazy here. Mm. And parents and family strategies are going to make a tremendous difference. Again, we're not going to cure it, but we can learn to manage it and live with it and leverage the things we can change and do and improve. It, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. So to help develop those strategies, we, we want to encourage people to come and learn to do things the right way with you. Um, these tips are a great starting place, but they're not necessarily the full picture. We want to make sure that you get the the structured strategy that is tailored towards your specific combination of ADDs or your child's specific combination of ADDs so that you can make a huge difference in how you manage it and heal it, right? Right. So, and, and even Jesse, adults will come in for something and I'll say, you know, I think you have possibly ADD. Mm. And then they'll say, oh yeah, my dad had it. My mom had it. My cousin has it. Um, and adults then can also get these supplements and start helping themselves because maybe they haven't been diagnosed before. Right. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to encourage you guys not to wait on this. Don't think it's going to get better or improve over time. It's a very easy thing. Worst comes to worst, you go in and you find out, no, that's not what I'm dealing with. And then you know, one thing off the list, it's not, and you can start working towards healing if it is, or if it's not, then you might be a step closer to finding out what it is. So don't wait if you feel like you're struggling with some of these things. Like Kim said, the whole point of this this uh, more informal process is to save you money so you don't have to go pay a bunch of money to try to get a brain scan and find out, no, that's not at all what this is. You're something completely different. 
Um, so I encourage you to make an appointment with her, go to rethinkparenting.com and, and, and set up an appointment to, um, work through some of these things. If this is something you suspect you might have, or your kids might have, or something of that nature. So rethinkparenting.com, great resource for you to get connected with Kim and, and start making progress on these particular things. And get some hope and get some skills and something to do about it so you're not feeling so frustrated and lost. We can help. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Kim, talking about this subject that I think we kind of just blow past a lot of days and just kind of go, oh, I know enough about it to not need to know, right? But there's a lot more than we think. It's deeper waters than you could imagine. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for joining us here on The Lost Art of Parenting, and we'll see you on the next episode.